everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the GBHBR Whiplash. I'm Carl from Games, Brains and Headbanging Life. First things first, apologise for my croaky ass voice. It's been a long old week and I picked up a bloody cold. It's left me feeling pretty rubbish, but the show must go on. We don't have any days off in Games, Brains and Headbanging Life. Either way, always writing, always recording. So we're back again with episode 5. Very excited about this one because we've got more tracks for you. More tracks to be played. We've got four this week. Four excellent tracks from four excellent bands. We've got music from Motsis, Pemphigold, Six Sided, and All My Sins. So first things first, let's do some housework. We are Games, Brains, Headbanging Life, GBHBL.com. Make sure you check out the website for all your music reviews, horror reviews, game reviews, and much, much more. Obviously, you can subscribe to this podcast through soundcloud you can also find it on itunes you can find us over on facebook gbhbl on twitter gbhbl underscore official instagram gbhbl tumblr gbhbl basically we're everywhere you can also if you're feeling really fancy and you really want to do us a favor go over to patreon.com forward slash gbhbl and chuck us a few dollars every bit of money you give gets sunk back into the site it's not for us. We're not about making money. We're not trying to earn it. We're just trying to improve things, better things. We're going to be up on our game on YouTube. Obviously, these podcasts are now running more regularly. If you have been paying attention, you would have found that we did our first special last week. It was released midweek last week. It was the first of the Whiplash specials where myself and Brendan, one of the other writers, sat down and discussed a specific subject. It's a special one covered machine head. Now, that's available now. It's on SoundCloud. If you're listening on SoundCloud, just have a look down. It'll be the next one below. And it's also obviously available to listen on Apple uh, iTunes. But yeah, subject number one for the special was Machine Head. We talked all things Machine Head. So make sure you check that out and keep an eye on the future. There'll be many, many more specials. We already have the second one recorded and it'll probably go up next week after episode six. So as per usual, we're going to get things started with a track. Now our first track comes from Belgian instrumental stoner rock band Motsus. Their debut album that I'm going to murder this title because I've tried reading it over and over again and it's a struggle to say. So here we go. Oum Uama. I think that's right. It's probably not. O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. That's how it's spelled. Anyway, this album, their debut, will be released on March 24th via Polder Records. It's a concept album based around space exploration. The track we're about to play is called Warm, and it's arguably the track that helps sell that concept best. That's what I think. When I reviewed it, when I listened to it, my thought process was, oh, okay, this is the one. Listen to this. This is what sells that concept of space exploration and that uh, sci-fi style and uh, the emptiness that comes with space. That's what really comes across here. But not only that, it's a bloody brilliant track. So head over the Polar Records to pick up the album. Uh, you can go to Motsis' Bandcamp to pick up their earlier demo and find out even more about them via face, their Facebook page and Twitter. So sit back, as I always say, and enjoy Warm from Motsis' debut album.
I really love that track. I think it's really, really, really good, really exciting stuff. So yeah, that was Warm from Motsis. And the album's out on the 24th of March, literally just around the corner. So now we're going to talk news, really. Just some interesting tidbits that have come up in the last week of the metal and rock world. Not going to go into too much detail here, as we've got other things to talk about as the podcast goes on. Plus, it's just my croaky-ass voice, and who wants to hear that over and over and over and over? Judas Priest, doing quite well, aren't they, with this uh, new album, Firepower? Highest chart position in the UK since, um, I think it is since British Steel. And now they've scored the highest charting album ever in the US. So they're doing really, really well. Quite pleased for them as well, you know? It's a real comeback for Priest. Incredible, incredible, incredible work by them. It's a damn good album. You can go check the site out now. And on one of the earlier podcasts, I actually talked it through a bit more. So yeah, absolutely tough for them. We're looking forward to seeing them at Bloodstock as well. This is a big step up for Priest. It's a good album and it's been well received. And deserving so because, you know, they're not just an old band doing running for doing, um, what am I saying? Just sort of going through the motions, going through the motions. That's what I'm saying. Going through the motions and living on their past history. They released a new album that everyone seems to really, really enjoy. So really, really pleased from an app front. Uh, well, we've got to talk Tool, I suppose. They came up, I think, in episode one, and I sort of jokingly said, well, if something changes there, we'll come back to it. Now they're, now they're saying they're in the studio with photos and everything. So, yeah, Tool album. We might actually get it this year. Who 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 cares, I guess, is the question. I mean, not that, that, again, makes me sound dismissive. Like, I don't care. It's not that I don't care. It's that it's kind of what I talked about before. It's when when we first brought it up. It's like, is it going to get? Is it, are we looking at Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy now? I know two are more respected and loved than uh, um, Guns N' Roses were by the time Chinese Democracy uh, came along. But it does make you kind of wonder, like what I said at the very first episode, is it going to live up to the hype now? Is it the case of it's been so long and it's been so hyped? Oh, is it inevitably going to let us down? Is it going to be a bit like, oh well, it's good. Not as good as their old stuff and stuff like that, you know. Obviously, we'll, we'll reserve judgment. Uh, I, I have faith because, I mean, I think they're a very talented bunch of musicians individually and as a unit. Um, I wouldn't say Tool have done a bad album. I, I wouldn't say I'm their biggest fan, but I grew up listening to Tool and the likes and stuff like that. And I, I always thought they were so off-kilter and so interesting and so unique. And the, as I, oh, the older I got, the more I learned to appreciate their music. So I do think if they stick with that... If they if they are able to refine that energy, refine that vibe, and produce something that's really, really not necessarily game changing, because that's gonna be hard for them, but something that really fits in modern times, I think I'll enjoy it. And of course, we've got some new albums now been announced. Some of them are coming sooner rather than later. We've got new Soul Flots, new Soul Soul Flight album. Uh, basically, their point of finishing touches, which potentially going to be out in the summer via nuclear blast it's to follow up to 2015's archangel which i thought was a pretty decent um software album i think there's a review of the site i can't remember if i ever got around to reviewing it, it may be the case because i vague a vague recollections of listening to that at work uh back a couple of years back so i may be in the site i could probably check myself but i don't want to start tapping on keys while i'm on the podcast but yes yeah, a new software album i wouldn't say I'm oh, massively excited about it because I've never been the biggest Soulfly fan. It's weird because I'm a huge Max Cavalera fan and I do like Soulfly, but I've always, I've always leant more towards uh, obviously Sepultura, the early days, and Cavalera Conspiracy. You know, those are I, I, I much prefer Cavalera Conspiracy. But you know, Max is a busy man. He finishes one album, starts does a quick tour, a couple of tours. Soulfly tends to get the bigger, the bigger, 
touring cycle than Cavalera does and so on. And obviously now they finished their Return to Roots tour. Imagine Soulfly will spend the next year or so touring the hell out of it. It's been a while since I've seen him. So if the album's good, I think I'd definitely like to go check him out. And we'll come around the corner as well is Tesseract. Tesseract's new album. In fact, they've already released a single for it called King, which I really, really liked. But the new album is Sonder. I think it's out on April 20th. Pretty excited about this. I think this is going to be Tesseract's big step up, you know. Like, they're already a fairly big name within the within the meta world. You know, people know Tesseract are, and they, they played some fairly high-profile shows and support some fairly high-profile bands. So I do think, like, they're already quite high, but they're, they're, they're like, they're sort of snapping at the heels of the, they're slightly below your, the likes of things like Architects and all that, who I guess are the next like architects and events unfold and the likes of that who are the next sort of step up for the big old the golden bands and stuff like that so i think tesseract is below them this 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 album i think could be then this could be the one that pushes them up to the next level so i definitely think uh, that's going to be a really exciting one too this next one's a bit funny to be honest this is to do with alice cooper He's going to star as King Herod in NBC's highly anticipated special event, Jesus Christ Superstar, live in concert. This is going to be aired Easter Sunday, April 1st, from um, Marcy Armory in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. I find this quite, quite funny. Jesus Christ Superstar is a musical, if you don't know. It's a very popular musical. I'm really, really surprised by how many people actually really like it and so on. You know, one of our writers for the site is a huge fan of it. Um, she's trying to force me to watch certain segments of it and songs and stuff like that. I've not really got I'm not a big musical fan. Never really, really been into any sort of musicals in that sense. But uh, even I'm intrigued by this one because obviously it's Alice Cooper. I, do, I can't help but think, well, does this mean sort of NBC are maybe going to have a little bit more tongue-in-cheek silliness about it but then i think the whole original at least uh was kind of like not, not on the stage show we're talking about the uh, film i think it was a 90s film uh had a sort of guns and guns cheese guns <laughs> had a sort of cheesy ass feel about it so yeah this is this is going to be uh, an event it's just a bit of odd news you know when you read something you think is that real or is it april's is it april fool's day you know, it being April 1st is kind of funny in that sense. But I definitely think if you're a huge fan of, like, the musical, if you're a huge fan of Jesus Christ Superstar, this is certainly going to be worth a watch. But I'm not entirely sure if it's going to, if you're a big fan of that, if it's going to sort of please you in, in that sense. It's more, I think it's going to be more tongue-in-cheek, more silly, maybe not as respectful of its uh, source material in that sense and that may end up upsetting the true fans but shit Alice Cooper's King Herod that's gotta be worth a watch yeah, and we're gonna wrap up this news segment with uh, some sad news unfortunately Necrophagy as frontman Killjoy has passed away as of yesterday Sunday March 18th the band has confirmed the vocalist whose real name was Frank Pucci he was 48 years old and obviously at this stage no cause of death has yet been released the, his bandmates announced the death via Facebook earlier on Sunday with drummer Sean, guitarist Serge and bassett Jake said in a joint statement, we are so shocked and saddened to bring the news of our dear brother Killjoy passing away this morning. We are at loss for words. RIP brother, you are forever in our hearts. We will cherish our moments together forever. Necro, Necrophagia uh, formed in 1983 and released the band's debut album, Season of the Dead, in 1987. Uh, by the time of his death Pucci was actually the sole remaining original member the latest LP was White Worm Cathedral which was released in 2014 
it's it's sad news of course i didn't really know the band to be honest but anytime we lose anyone in the heavy metal world it's always a little bit like oh that's unfortunate unfortunate so yeah if you're a huge fan of the band there's the important news that'll probably see the end of them as well so how about some more music Last year, UK classic death metal band Pemphigold released a six-track demo. It was a crushing, raw, nasty release that we really liked. You can check out the review now over on the site. But they're back now with their first full-length called Where Compassion Comes to Die. It was released on March 2nd this year, and it's the album, an album that combines the six songs from the demo with three new tracks. Also, now the band are a three-piece. Whereas before with the demo there were two pieces, so those original three songs as well have a different vibe to them and so on. You can check out our review of the album now on the site, I think it went up a few days ago. And we're about to play you the title track from the album, Where Compassion Comes to Die. So make sure you go to Pemphigo's Bandcamp to pick up the album and make sure, of course, give them a like on Facebook. Follow them and so on. Keep up to date with all their news, particularly if you like the track, because this is some old school death metal.
that's bone crushing. You know it is. So moving on, let's talk about Bloodstock, the UK Heavy Metal Festival. It takes place in August, beginning of August. It's my personal favourite festival, as musically it caters to my taste on the most part. And size-wise, it's perfect. I, I can't stand these 80,000 plus people, si 80,000 people sized events. You download your health fest and things like that. I've been to them. When I'm there watching a band, I can be have a good time. But the amount of time it takes to walk around between stages and so on, I find it exhausting. I don't find it much fun and it's just too busy for me. I found Bloodstock and I loved its size. It's appealed to me. It's 20-odd thousand people. Never feels like that at all. Feels more localised. So it's, it is my own personal favourite festival as I said it also caters heavily towards my taste it's certainly the darker spectrum of metal and I also love the new blood stage which is a stage specifically for the future of the genre you know I often say in this podcast how important the future of metal is so bloodstock and this new blood stage where they put these bands on they get half an hour sets they have to impress they do well and if they do well they often get like new slots they get their start on the new blood stage and many years down the line went onto bigger onto the bigger stages we've seen that so Bloodstock this year have been making small announcements every couple of weeks. If that's just the way they do it, it's not for me. I'm not a big fan of this drip drip feeding uh, festival news. I never really understand why festivals feel they have to do that in this country. We never, it's no one else does it. You know, you go to Wacken and stuff like that and Hellfest and it just hit you all at once with the majority of their bands and stuff like that. Because it's like, well, here's our band. Sell it. We'll sell it. We're confident enough. It always feels like our festivals aren't confident. So they're like, okay, let's just drip feed. We know we haven't got half the bands aren't going to appeal so let's slowly drip feed it and hopefully drag people in that way. Never really get that. So they've been making small announcements. And the two main stages are beginning to fill up. And with the latest kind of highlight something for me. Now first things first, I don't want to be negative. I love Bloodstock. And I'm of the mindset that you can't please everybody. I, obviously, like any festival, you've got to like some, you're going to not like some. You've got to find a balance that works for you. If you think you can justify the money and it's worthwhile, then you go. If you don't, if there's not enough bands to like and you can't justify it or you're not that bothered about the atmosphere and so on, then you don't go. It's simple. If a band is not is on that you don't like as well, go see something else. Go give another band a chance. You might discover something brilliant. I'm not, I never really understand why people are like, oh, I don't like this band, but then sit there anyway. There are other stages. There are other things to do. Go grab some food. Go into the new blood stage. Go check something out. Go sit and sit in the grass outside the new blood stage where you can then hear the band. You might find something you really, really like. You might discover something like, wow, I really like that band. And suddenly you're a fan. But that being said, I can't help but wonder what Bloodstock's aim is with this lineup, the 2018 lineup. Because it's so all over the place. And it kind of stinks of cost saving. And it makes me wonder, has the combo of Judas Priest and Nightwish forced the organisers to cheap out elsewhere? Now, I don't mean to insult any band on the bill. Bloodstock is a small festival. If you're expecting Guns N' Roses and the likes of that level, you're in the wrong place. It's the platform of the smaller and more obscure bands. However, it's no secret that the organisers have increased capacity this year, coming after a run of successful years. And to sell those extra tickets, they're going to have to reflect that on the stages. And it's hard to see just how the likes of... Mr. Big, Fozzy, Wednesday 13, Combi Christ are going to do this. Now, I pulled these out of the lineup. These are the bands clearly hoping to tempt those not into the more extreme side of metal to come along. A fine idea, 
But these bands show a lack of ambition, and it's going to take a lot to convince me that there was anyone on the fence about going who then got their mind changed by the announcement of Fozzie on Wednesday 30. I mean, think about those bands. We're like, oh, well, Bloodstock's kind of cool. I, I like Nightwish, or I like Judas Priest, but I'm not really sold. Oh, Fozzie. Oh, yes, yeah, sweet. I love Chris Jericho. Off I go. No, that's not going to be the case. These are filler bands. But filler bands for an audience that isn't normally... I mean, I know Fozzie played Bloodstock before, but, you know, Mr. Big, that's the one that really makes you go, Really? And I'd also say the same about Cannibal Corpse being the special guest to Headliners Gojira. Well, that's an odd one, as they may be a legendary band, but they are seriously acquired taste. Because it's even weirder when you look and see that Emperor and At The Gates are the other two special guests. And of course, acquired taste again. But when you hear bands and go, oh, Emperor is Emperor, At The Gates, you know they're the top, they're top. And you hear Cannibal Corpse, and you're like, oh, okay, Cannibal Corpse. I mean, last time played the festival, they went nowhere near that. And I don't see how their stock has risen to then suddenly put them a second from top on a Saturday below Gojira. It's really, really odd. And like I said, it goes to me, hmm, huh, have you spent too much money elsewhere? And the whole point of this, what I'm rambling on about, is basically it's me wondering if Bloodspot has spent that much, too much money on Priest and Nightwish, and now the rest of the lineup is suffering. Of course, you might think, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? There's great bands across the spectrum and stuff like that, and I agree, there is. Uh, but it's again, it's all about personal taste. And the thing is about Bloodstock, it's always about acquired taste specifically. You you rarely find bands, except your headliners, that cross cross genres where you know Judas Priest can appeal to many different elements, many different parts of metal. But like Nightwish, you've got to be into symphonic metal to enjoy that. Same with Gojira and stuff like that. Very very rarely those sort of bands cross over. Cannibal Corpse, you've got to be into extreme death metal to really enjoy them, and so on. And things like that. That's why I'm a bit... How are... The whole point of this is how are Bloodstock planning to sell those extra tickets? Are they just banking on the fact that they sold out last year? And like, well, people will come anyway because they're hearing that Bloodstock's a good thing and you have a good time and so on. But you have to reflect it on the lineup. Otherwise, it starts to look lazy and it starts to look like you're not respecting your fan base where you're kind of like, okay, well, we think we can sell extra tickets, but we're not going to put as much effort in. I, I think the lineup's good. I think it's the weakest lineup I've since I've been going and this will be my fourth or fifth year so I definitely think it's the weakest lineup where um, I'm really hoping that the New Blood stage in particular is going to have a lot of bands that I've been covering in the site and I've got to know as much as I can meet people and talk to people really looking forward to that and I'm hoping the selfie stage as well fills up with more bands I like because um, you know at the moment that stage isn't looking exactly like the best place to be that's everything as well that's the second stage and other than the headliners which again Orphan Land headlining the selfie stage they, they, they half-filled, barely half-filled the Underworld in London the only a couple of weeks ago. Doro, yeah, she's a bit of a legend in that sense, but other than for the sort of novelty of it, and Watain, well, I'm a big fan of Watain. That's an acquired taste as well, you know. That's not just black metal, that's extreme black metal. You kind of see what I'm getting at. I know I'm kind of rambling on a bit right here, I know it makes sense, but it's kind of like, Will this be that successful of a bloodstock? Will they regret trying to increase capacity? Will it work out? Will they even sell as many tickets to sell out the amount they would have had last year? It's an interesting one. We shall see in that front. I mean, they do, they've done well on the VIP front and things like that. I'm pretty sure that's completely sold out now. But as the lineup continues to get announced, every time they go, okay, we're going to make an announcement, it's kind of like stop getting hopes up, if that makes sense, for anything uh, surprising. That's the word. Not big, because... That's silly to think, like I said, this isn't download, but surprising. Or, but like, you know, it's subjective. 
you might be the biggest Cannibal Corpse fan and think that's a fucking great. That's a great booking. I, I, it's not that I dislike Cannibal Corpse. I just know I'm never going to be able to watch an hour of Cannibal Corpse without getting bored. An hour is a long time. So, not for me, really. Right, now that I'm done moaning about that, on March 5th, 2018, Italian metal, progressive heavy and post-rock band Six-Sided released their debut album, Leave No Stone Unturned. We're about to play you a track from that called Leaf, a catchy and rhythmic number that has a gripping amount of groove. Leave No Stone Unturned is out now and can be picked up on Amazon, streamed on Spotify and Apple Music, as well as on Bandcamp, of course. So make sure you check out Six-Sided on Facebook and enjoy Leaf.
such a good song. Really, really think it's excited. I'm a very talented band. Right, we're coming to the end of the podcast, as you would expect. So we're going to talk, as usual, about what we're reviewing on the site over the next week. So make sure you head over to that every day, 8 a.m. in the morning, UK time, 10 a.m. at the weekend. UK time, you'll find an album review as well as dotted around throughout the day and the hours, EPs and the like, whatever, wherever we can find slots. Because if you don't know already, we, we, we schedule them and have them in specific positions. Right, on April 14th, through Grubby Records, The Curse of the Crystal Teeth is the new EP from Baby Bones. It's six tracks of upbeat punk tunes that'll put a smile in your face. It's got plenty of infectious rhythms and just a smidge of bad attitude. We've got a review of the full-length successor to the 1998's New Dark Age. White Horse Hill comes from the English epic doom metal master Solstice. The album will be released April 6th via Invictus Productions on CD, where it's available now digitally. Bloody hell, I butchered the fuck out of that, didn't I? Cognac Polo will release CY via Devoted Art Propaganda on March 28th. This is a different approach to post-rock, black metal and experimental music, making it a really difficult project to classify as one genre. The album is a story about a specific place, Imaginarium, which is an area of the Polish village Zalisi, lying near the Kozianic Forest. Fuck, that's a lot of words there I'm struggling to say. This is where the local folk are mixed with post-modern modern, modern times. Uh, so that review is going to be up this week and we have the missing frame from Mexican punk post-punk and metal band Roswell it come, came out in 2016 this one so we've gone back a bit it's nine tracks that make allusions to the gothic death broken heart suicide alcoholism drugs fun skating friendship religion and politics great little album we've got Chaos Rain returned with a third full-length album called Epiphany on April 2nd of this year it's a mixture of death doom and thrash metal Continuing the extreme metal side of things, CDM Records will release Premonition, new album from South American brutal death metal band Pleasure of Mutilate. I mean, with a band name like that, you know exactly what you're getting. It's an album that combines 80s death thrash and early to mid-90s Floridan death metal. We've got review of the four tracks plus a cover of Edge of Sanity's Dark Day, which is the Crypts Below, the new EP from extreme metal band Sentient Horror. Presti Miko are on an upward trajectory and the new album Here's to Fatigue looks to propel them to new heights. This is out on March 30th via Marshall Records, a record that's all about honest and upbeat rock. Very different album review this one. They were, you know, kind of jump, jammed in in between some extreme music is this sort of pop punk, upbeat, bouncy record Presti Miko. It's good though. Then again, continuing that oddities, they're a little bit different. We've got a bluesy, hard-rocking sound influenced by bands like Thin Lizzy, Rainbow, The Outlaws, ZZ Top, and ACDC. The band is Cher- Cherokee, and their debut EP is called Wakan Tankan Nisi Un, and will be released April 19th. Then we've got review, a review of the new Innocence album. It will It's their debut record, Transition, out on April 6th. Presented by Blood Harvest Records, it's a thick and oppressive death metal release. And finally, we have a familiar sounding death metal effort, topped with hardcore and a little bit of new metal breakdowns. And it's from Fall of Carthage, called Emma Green, out on April 6th via MDD Records. These are all our reviews. These are all already in, booked in. They will definitely go up over the next seven days. So you're guaranteed to get these. So make sure you check them out if you're wondering. Like I said, every time this podcast, 
Metal ain't doing nothing. Metal ain't bringing anything new. There's nothing fresh in rock and metal. Check out our reviews. You might find, oh, that sounds like something I want to listen to. Let me check it out. So, of course, like always, we're going to end the podcast with one final track. But before I do that, as I said at the start, don't forget to support us any way you possibly can. You don't have to give us any money. If you can, that's fantastic. Greatly appreciate. Just like this podcast, follow us on SoundCloud, give us a rating on our iTunes. Five stars, please. Don't go there and give us one star. That's a dick move. But yeah, write a review. Tell us what we're doing badly. Tell us what we're doing well. Check us out on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Say, tell us anything. Argue with us. Tell, them, tell me I'm wrong about Bloodstock. Tell me I'm rubbish at podcasting because I've constantly got a croaky voice and I say, um, far too much. Yeah, I'm aware I do that, guys. Uh, I half script these, half don't. You can kind of tell when I'm reading off my own paperwork. Normally when I'm talking about the albums that are upcoming, you know, those words are mine written down just because it's got a flow a bit better. But there are some times where I'm more ad-libbing and you do find I go, um, quite a bit. I'm working on it. Really sorry about that. Don't forget to check out our podcast special as well. We talked about it at the start. Episode one, All Things Machine Ed with Brendan, a self-confessed super fan of the band. It's funny. It's in depth as well. It's about 70 minutes long, so it's quite quite worth a listen. And this last track is one I'm very excited to play. Last year, atmospheric black metal band All My Sins released an EP called Lunar Solar. It was phenomenal. We rated it 10 out of 10. And this year, we're going to get a new album from them called Prasila of Totem. Cannot wait. So, with anticipation high, the band has released a special single, a preview of what the new album will be. Two tracks, both of which were recorded during the new album's recording sessions. Only one of them will be on the album, the other was specially recorded for the single. The track we're going to play is the title track, Zov is Magal, a song taken from the new album. So make sure as well you go to Bandcamp and check out All My Sins Music. Check out Lunar Solar. 10 out of 10 people. We do not throw that rating around lightly. Now you wonder, well, nothing's 10 out of 10, dude. Yes, nothing is perfection. We're not saying 10 out of 10 is perfection. We're saying it's as close to perfection as you can possibly get. Make sure you check out All My Sins on Facebook. And of course, thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, as I said before, hit that subscribe button. Sit back. Enjoy Zov is Magal by All My Sins. <laughs>